Guys, I want to get loud all of a sudden. I, I'm Do it. Sorry, I'm about I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. It's you. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I'm sorry, guys. Get on the back. I need to do that. It is. It is. You feel like Poseidon chucking that bugger down. <laughs> <laughs> chucking that bugger. Did Boy. you butt out that deer? I did not butt out that deer, but the next one I get, okay, I'm just getting his butt out. Is that little Stevie out here? Drobop. Bow drop, I'm sorry. Bop. Hello. Stay tuned. I'll be back after my seizure. <laughs> Every little chipmunk that was running around, everything's dead quiet, and I went... <laughs> like, that just happened. Just happened. I saw what is, in essence, a nature-gasm. <laughs> hey, guys, we are back, sitting around the Sonic Campfire. This is the Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. What a show we got for you guys tonight. There's the Sonic Campfire. <laughs> I heard flames it did that. That is good stuff. It's like the Hunger Games. Hey, I'm Ryan. Who we got around the table? It's Uncle Buck. This is Dave. I'm Steve. I'm Will. And uh, we brought another guest in for this very, very special show. Oh, yeah. Dr. Ryan Motter's back. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ryan Motter here. How's it going? The doctor's is, in the house. Life is good here. So... Dr. Ryan Motter's here because he is has one degree of separation from our ultimate guest. The ultimate guest. <laughs> oh, in the no. Barbarian Boche is in attendance. The Barbarian Boche. What's up? How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Pleasure is all ours, Tim. Yeah. So, if you guys don't know, Tim the Barbarian Boche is... Uh, a perennial uh, career man in the UFC middleweight division. And uh, I, what? Do, how many years are we working on there, Tim? I just had my 10-year UFC anniversary. <laughs> That's uh, incredible. It almost doesn't even sound right, right? Like, yeah, right? <laughs> like a career in the UFC. <laughs> it's incredible. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It's just, who does 10 years? And, you know, it, you're lucky to have... Ten fights. You're lucky to have four fights. You know, ten years. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, definitely feeling it. <laughs> got a little bit of a rainstorm going on here, and I knew it was coming two days ago. Oh, yeah, uh, I can imagine. I, I, no, I was telling Tim I was in Detroit uh, the past weekend, and there's a bunch of fans out there. And they're like, yeah, Tim's uh, he's an absolute legend. I was like. Oh yeah, I guess we're using that word now. Wow. You know, that's it's true. Been around that long, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's almost like two uh, lives. The glory days. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the glory days. We're still in the glory <laughs> days. I'd say to still be actively doing it, Tim. You're doing something right, buddy. It's it's incredible. Like I I can't imagine. Like Will said, you, you know, you're lucky to have ten fights and to be doing it for ten years. You know, how many fights have you had in the UFC, Tim? Oof, what's my record? Uh, I think I'm my twenty one and eleven. That sounds so right. I've had six, seven fights outside the UFC. I'm not a numbers guy. I've, I've had a bunch of them. So there. you're pushing twenty number, episodes. This is or my twenty third twenty fights. Yeah, twenty third right? UFC fight. Twenty three UFC fights. We, we yeah. got we got to keep the numbers down here, guys. We can't be crunching all these numbers. This is a lot of number crunching <laughs> for this time of the day. But so, and, yeah. and you've you've obviously this is the UFC's kind of taking you guys all over the world. Oh yeah. 
it's awesome because I actually, you know, let's just throw this out here. If it, you guys don't know, Tim and I share Dr. Ryan Motter, and so I'm always my schedule kind of revolves a lot around your schedule, Tim. Wait, what do you mean you shared Dr. Ryan Motter? Wait a minute. <laughs> Can we talk about this? He he trains me knowledge only, and he trains. Tim the Barbarian Bush. So you share the same trainer as a UFC fighter. Well, high-profile podcasters and oh, I got you. I got UFC you. That legends. That makes sense. It, yeah, makes. I, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, right. I can. No, it, it's a. I I I live near Ryan, and and uh, it works out. So I'm just lucky. I guess so. Uh, I'll say. Yeah, fortunate. A, it's a testimony to to Dr. Ryan's practice as well. I mean, UFC fighter down to what sixty eight year old retired men. Yeah, I mean we have we have everything. You know, it was one of the, t- the things I always gave Tim's uh, very. He was very innovative in the UFC. He kind of saw where the things were going. He that's why he hired me for the nutrition component. You know, them guys weren't doing that. Now that's uh, just starting to turn on. You know, I. I know Tim kind of taking care of his body and, and being proactive about all aspects of his health has really helped with his longevity. Um, Heck yeah. You were on it a long time ago yeah, before it was uh, part of the protocol that everybody's doing now. Yeah. Tim, what was the spark 10 years ago for you to, to bring on Ryan? What, what said, I, I need to go in this direction? I, this is going to be an edge as well for me besides just cardio and technique and and drilling and training well for me it was the the major part of it is when i decided to cut down to middleweight before that i was literally eating pop tarts and training in my basement and and (laughs) made it to the ufc so there was a a natural skill level or you know just that natural hunter you know killer in me that got me into the ufc and uh kind of you know immediately just shot right into the, the toughest fighting organization in the world. It was competitive, but I saw the need to, uh, you know, be a little more professional about it. And, of course, I knew Ryan from college. We were always getting nuts in the weight room, and obviously we had uh, that commonality of bodybuilding and, and wanting to build strength, but I also knew that he was very well-versed in, in all the nutritional uh, elements that, that I needed and, uh as I decided to, to make that significant weight cut down to middleweight, I knew that he would be a great asset and, and he knew my style and, and the types of things that I was into, the types of foods we were already eating. Uh, so we just modified things a little bit and made the transition. Uh, I, I would like to say easy, but it's never easy. It still sucks to this date, you know, getting down to weight. But uh, yeah. it, it made it more comfortable having somebody that knew exactly what I wanted to do and what the mission was. So uh, Ryan was the obvious choice for me when it came to that. I've got, I've got two follow-up questions for you then, Tim. Um, what, where, what exactly is a middle weight? Where are you, where are you cutting down to? What weight exactly are you cutting down to lately when you do fight? Yeah. The day before I fight, I have to weigh in at 186 pounds. Okay. And, and, uh, for instance, I just got off a cruise about a month ago. Thank you. You're going exactly <laughs> where I slide. So I, I stepped on the scale when I got home, and I was 219 and a half. So Ooh. that's when I was like, oh, man, I 
probably ought to call Ryan, but let me try to get some of this weight off first. And, and uh, in the business, in the business, we call that the walking around weight, and yeah. and and to cut down. That's that's what ten percent. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's, that's, it's it's one of them deals. You've been doing it so long that you know, and everybody's like that with me when they come after cruise. You know, they you know, you're, you're a bit panicky, right? And you know, I just kind of talk to him and say, hey, you know, we've ha- you have your body trained a certain way. The second you do it, it's going to go right back to it. But you have that kind of mental flux. You're going, there's like this reality thing. You see, oh, my two nineteen, I'm fat, and I'm, you know, it was like two or three weeks. He was right back to you know where he was. But wow. What if? But he's trained his body at that set weight for years. Okay, so yeah. that's the catch, right? So, yeah. what if I've been on a cruise all of my life? <laughs> so, You're gonna struggle yeah. to drop. Yeah. Well, uh, my cruise weight is two forty five. Feel like fighting when you do. Yeah, I mean, Tim Tim like touched on DK. it earlier. Tim touched on it earlier with the uh, working out in the basement and the pop tarts. I mean, minus the part about making it to minus the, the working out part. No, but minus the making it to the UFC, I feel like he and I had a lot in common. (laughs) (laughs) The basement and the Pop-Tarts? Yes. Okay. Tim, I saw you, which I believe was at your last uh, light heavyweight fight back in 2009 in Columbus. I was at that, uh, I don't remember the month, it was UFC 90-something. And... um, he remembers it, you, and uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I was way up there, you know, pretty high. <laughs> but, uh, but, but so, all my so, fans in the cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and you were incredibly strong when you were oh, the, yeah. light heavyweight. I, it was like, and that's something that, even though you you drop down, you know, what's light heavyweight? Two five, right? Yeah. So right. you drop down, you know, twenty pounds fighting weight. You didn't. That didn't impact your strength. We actually think he got stronger, right? Really? Yeah. Is that yeah? That's, that's one of my God-given talents, and that's definitely one of the things I've utilized in every fight. So I, I can't be a weaker version of myself, or I, I won't be myself. So uh, actually, when I step in the octagon on fight night, I try to be anywhere from two hundred five to two hundred and eight pounds. So I'm still carrying, you know, substantial body mass, and definitely. You know, maintaining that strength is a critical factor to having success in my fights. I mean, that's what mo- most people don't understand. When you see people backstage, Tim is so much bigger yeah. than everybody because we understand his glycogen depletions and his hydration, where no most people have no idea what he's doing. Tim's fighting at that weight. These other guys are fighting at 198. It's a significant. Yeah. Some, some even lighter. I was a wrestler, and, you know, cutting weight was a thing of the – that you you did it wasn't healthy at the time and, and to see what you guys do and in, in the time frame that you have to do it um it, it's it's pretty much incredible i think a lot of that my dealings with you know ryan and i have all you know these great talks and different things like that but part of what you guys do is you incorporate the nutrition aspect from a lot of wild game is, oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know. That's been uh, what I was raised on. So, uh, to you know, I had a couple uh, dietitians approach me when they heard I was going to drop down, and they put me on these like aerobics instructor diets of you know various forms of lettuce and sprouts. And uh, I was like, "Chicken, this is not going to work. I am a carnivore. Yeah. I've been eating deer meat. Yeah. I went from the bottle right to venison." I think there was even mashed venison in my bottle as a baby. So that's, you know, that's, 
that's what we, uh, you know, I've, I've got a case of deer burger everywhere I go during training camp. So it's, you it's cut your part teeth. of the, the regiment. <laughs> and what most people don't understand about Tim too, is like, he's so intelligent and, and incredibly strategic with that. You know, it's not just everybody thinks, okay, barbarian, he's eating Pop-Tarts. Like he is, you know, Tim has studied every single aspect of, of fighting, you know, what, what part of nutrition is going to make me more intellectually, um, you know, stimulated. So mm-hmm. we do look, look at the teas and we look at the fish and what's going to help me recover, uh, at different times of depletion. It's okay. This is where we go like to an elk steak. So he's, you know, Tim is like a chess player and, and at all, and I've worked with tons of people in terms of that, he's hands down my most intelligent, um, at every single aspect. And the way we add things like fish and, and his, his elk and moose and, and deer in, you know, it's not just heats it whenever. I mean, it is calculated amounts at certain times. I, I don't want to derail the topic, but like one thing that's boggled me, there's some other fighters and I, I probably not going to name a name or two, but they blame the, the venison for not Johnny Hendricks. It wasn't somebody just knocked <laughs> out. <laughs> 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 For not, the, the yeah, venison hung up in my digestive tract, and I couldn't make weight. You can't make weight any fight. You yeah. missed weight with our fight, so I had to kick his head off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when Tim showed that article. I read it. I was like, I can't believe is, it. that is literally not true at all. Like none of that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's it. I was blown away by that, and and uh, like I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you guys took it too. But, you know, it's almost funny, you know. And we, it, when, when we add strategy on all different levels, like if people would see what I do with Tim, they probably they probably would not believe me. Um, like Tim was sick, so I was I was actually in Detroit. I go here, look look what he like. Tim texted me and said I ate a whole pizza and three sodas, and I lost weight. I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted you to do, you know. So it's not to, it, everything is like, oh, is it like lettuce, chicken? And no, no, that's only at certain times when there's different sicknesses or depletions. We add like these mass amounts of carbs, and you have to have a degree of being a human being. So, um, you know, Tim does a really great job with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like your aspect on cutting weight because some you can do it in a very dangerous way where it's pretty much all water weight. Oh yeah. You know, and if you need to apply the, the true nutrition so you can actually fight after weighing, Yeah, you know, you can, there's a lot of science. Yeah. If you just drop water weight, you're going to be dehydrated for that fight. Your electrolytes are going to be off, like all messed up and you're not going to have the energy or the strength. Yeah. And that shows in his fights, in your fights that, you know, you still have the energy, you still have the strength crazy amounts of strength to fight on fight night yeah and tim tim definitely has learned stuff on his own and, and he'll tell you here with with how he depletes his water and stuff but there's been some things along the way that has helped us like they stopped the iv bands and where most people didn't know how to do that but we've been doing it with food forever mm-hmm. we, we do it um very strategically with our nutrition and the same with the the drugged the the steroid stuff that started going out and people start you know yeah. popping for and and you know now tim's way stronger than these guys so there's along the line you know tim took that chance and really uh, help it out. But you want to tell him, Tim, you know, kind of what you do for from a weight cutting perspective that works for you. You know, you, he doesn't use saunas. Yeah, I, I do all mine uh, just in the hot bathtub soaks. Uh, that's that's the last day of it. I mean, there's some dietary things we do the final week, and the last two weeks we do some sodium loading and water loading. So there's a whole process there that I learned. You know over the course of the past five or six fights, they actually have to stretch out to 15 days total for that salt and water load uh, just so my body becomes used to flushing itself out. 
And then right at the end, when you cut the fluid levels, uh, so you're not having that intake, the body continues to flush. Uh, naturally, you're going to flush out a lot of fluid. And then uh, just with our carbohydrate intake right at the end, um, you know, every glycogen uh, molecule holds on to water. So when you suck those out of the muscles, you're also taking water with it. So there's, I am very depleted, and it's not, you know, the most healthy thing to do to yourself repeatedly, uh, but it is a part of the sport. I do it as safely as possible, um, and I've done it many times, and when I was first doing it, I, you know, was monitoring all my levels, my body temperature, my heart rate. Uh, I, I can tell when my blood is becoming, you know, viscous and, and getting into that danger zone. Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, people need to be aware of, and I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anybody that isn't a professional, uh, but there's a lot of methods to, to getting that water off, and then there's even more to putting it back on correctly. You have to make sure you rehydrate your blood and then rehydrate the muscles and don't try to feed yourself too soon because it'll screw up the whole process. Uh, and then, so you've got all that to take into account, and then every body individually is different in its timing and its processing and the types of food that it wants uh, to put back in there. So, and like that's what how about Tim? I mean, we've had so many times where we had to be dynamic to each situation. I mean, we're always yeah. evolving the process, and sometimes like there's different responses that we have to be reactionary to. So you want to have a yeah. scientific base, but you have to be reactionary upon that. Like sometimes like in we, Japan, when like we Japan just still scouring yeah. the the landscape to find distilled water, <laughs> yeah. and we couldn't find oh, it. They had no idea what so it was. You got to be a problem solver, right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it actually turned that out us. for the better. Yeah. We learn more from that, you yeah. know. So you got to keep your head calm, cool heads uh, always. When when we were down in New Orleans, yeah, I mean that was like one of the first things I was keeping up with Ryan. We we went down, used it as a little bit of a vacation, and uh, and got to see Tim fight. And uh, Ryan, first thing you know, he's going to the store, he's getting fresh fruits and fresh everything, and just to get you settled. Yeah. And it's all very important to have as much familiar stuff as you can. You know what works. And then if, if you can't find exactly what you're looking for, if, like when Ryan's there and he can run, you can find something very similar or he'll understand the, the, the macronutrients in each thing that will represent what we need. So it's, it's all good. We've definitely got a winning formula. The, the, the bath technique, I'm going to go back to that. It's a great approach to helping a body keeping itself at a at a metabolism where it's going to burn fat, burn weight off, but not dehydrate and suck you down. Am, yeah. I, am I correct in that? So the, the reason we use that method is because obviously you can adjust. You have control over the temperature of the water. And there's uh, you know, a very scientific, method that we use it's you know as hot as you can comfortably get in there without burning your nuts uh, and that's kind of how we know that temperature is going to cook the water out of you but the thinking is i am not burning energy. so a lot of people will go and smash pads they'll get in the sauna they'll work out they'll put physical strain on their muscles and their central nervous system where I'm just laying in a tub while it's suffering and it's torturous because it's so hot, I'm not physically exerting my muscles. So there's no fatigue being put on my body. So as soon as I put all those fluids back in, I'm ready to go. 
And if I do it correctly, I won't have that lactic acid build up and have to deal with that lactic acid flush that other people have done, say, if they put on a sauna suit and gone for a 10-mile run, their legs are going to be shot. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so that's the methodology and that temperature control, and you're completely submerged uh, underwater. So sweating is completely inefficient because that's what sweating does. It's you know cools your body through evaporation. If you're already completely submerged, there's no evaporation. So your body has to pump out. You know, it's going to give up whatever water it can. I'm going to, I'm going to make you turn 180 degrees now and and I want to know now, how do you prepare yourself to do one of these elk hunts that I hear about? (laughs) Uh, Do do they really want to know that, Tim? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love wrestling and I can talk wrestling all night, but we are an outdoor podcast. I think we're going to have to change it up though, because it's almost sounding like we're going to have to wait to release this episode until after Tim retires because he might not want all this stuff out. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, I had. Uh, you got to tell them. They the, followed the first me around one. and filmed this. It's, uh, I think, it's on YouTube. Somewhere oh yeah, yeah. To this day, yeah. it's on YouTube. I, I think you got to so, tell them the first time we shot your elk, Tim. That was one of the best hunts I was ever on. Oh no, that was epic. Yeah, I was just thinking about that yesterday. How you made that uh, offhanded 500-yard shot and folded him up off the road there. That was incredible. And then we went into our tequila binge and then yeah. <laughs> we really did so we went out we went out to a tim's buddy uh, uh mike bishop who, who we go hunting with and he's like oh this is a good place to go elk hunting i'm like i'm a real skeptical right like okay so we're like road hunting i'm in shorts and like uh there's an elk there's an elk out there like what are you talking about and tim has his i think he's got a spotting scope he's like well i've never seen elk before but i'm guessing that's a nice one I'm like, <laughs> all right nice. so and i have this was it a spy glass was it like i had a 338 lapu with a 220 grain bullet and i was like all right. It's like aim like twelve inches. I went boom. Tim goes, you just dropped that. I go, shut up. And he's like, no, no you did. <laughs> like, shut right in the heart. Yeah. And so like we kill this thing, and we and so like we're so excited, and we just drink. You know, and we really did, and we were we we just drink tequila, and I hate tequila. So we wake up and so we you feel, drink it faster. Yeah. When you hate so it. I'm just I, I got my fingers on my nose. Well, it tastes, tastes pretty good after like six or eight. Um, so the next day we wake up at like 10 and Tim's like, let's go to the top of the mountain. But we were so excited. You know, we did not try. We, I would, I would both say we were probably maybe even a little out of shape. I mean, even us out of shape, we can still go, but I mean, it was disgusting. We just smelled like vodka or, uh, tequila going up and, tequila and Tim, yeah, to, to, out. it actually worked out. It was a pretty good cover scent because we got to the top of the mountain and peered down over the other side there was my bull so it's beautiful Ryan and i went back to back he killed his the first day i smoked mine the second day and it was uh, uh, a hunt that I, I don't think we've uh, you know had one like that since and maybe, i don't think maybe we've tried that, to recreate it but maybe uh, that bull was just uh, vapor drunk off of tequila sweat <laughs> I was like, Tim made a heck of a shot. We, we like we like stalked it and and took time and, and Tim just made an unbelievable shot. But I mean that pack out we had. How about it, Tim? That was terrible. <laughs> it took us days. That never gets easy up there because like he's he hurt just thinking about it. I mean his rack was huge. This you, thing he shot and and like we're bouncing off trees and like so you each had to carry out what you carried in less than what you ate or whatever and plus an elk a piece. Oh yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and then and then we and we had a butcher shop, so we had to like. I mean, it took like a whole week for us to, you know, package it. Now we are so much more lazy. We're like, oh, let's just take it down the butcher. <laughs> You're like, let's just ship, this ship year, back. Though, a leg. We tried actually dragging elk hold down the mountain, and we yeah, really actually was, did. Oh. Yeah, we thought that we called back there, joke. We're like, all right, let's try. And and t- we we actually did. Like we were destroyed. Like Tim and I were dragging the elk. <laughs> 
<laughs> by its horns. We really should have videoed that, Tim, but I don't think anybody's yeah. ever going to believe us. That we're going to have to recreate it. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I'm up for it. So, <laughs> so, Tim, what got you into hunting? Like, what, what drives you to hunt? It's just something my family has always done. I remember before I could even carry a gun in the woods, I was tagging along with my dad. You know, he was headed out to the deer stand, or you know, there may have been a drive or two back in the day before it was legal in Maine. Uh, but that's the only way you can find deer up there. They're so far and few between. Uh, but I just got introduced real early, and it was something that uh, I just absolutely loved, being in the woods, um, you know, being out there with Mother Nature and, you know, just the, the thrill of the hunt and then the reward. Uh, like I said, I was raised on deer meat. I'd never, you know, eaten a beef burger, and I don't, can't even remember when the first time was. But uh, it was all venison all the time for me. That's what I was raised on. That's what I love, and my kids to this day are – you know, that's all we eat. So it's uh, just a part of who I am and, and hunting, you know, not just deer, but just being out there. Ryan and I used to chase rabbits around the property yeah. here. That was a lot of fun. We we uh, we got the kids into trout fish now, too, Tim. And Tim oh, yeah. He has good brook <laughs> trout fishing, so Tim likes coming up. And we go fishing oh, the first day. How about it, Tim? Yeah, hunting, fishing, it's, it's all good. It's what I love to do. I'm looking forward to being able to put more time into it once uh, this whole fighting thing slows down a little bit uh like as a pa boy i i know there's a difference a big difference between main deer and and pa deer and, oh yeah i mean like can you describe processing like a main deer like uh, they're just big well a lot of times they're they're nastier <laughs> honestly they're just really they're older tougher at least my uh experience i always you know there's a huge swamp out behind my house so we were always hunting these old monster swamp bucks so when you cut into them that you know you have that nice kind of lily pad muskrat mound smell to them oh. uh, they're always you know <laughs> so it's it's a little bit different than a nice corn-fed pennsylvania deer and you know, that's happily grazing out there when you harvest it versus this nasty old main buck that's, you know, survived all these hard winters and fought off the coyotes just to uh, come by your tree stand and have you kill them. Uh, Tim, so there's, did, a, there's definitely a, a little bit of a difference in, in the meat. Didn't you say, Tim, that like your family got some, and you got, they, yeah, they get big there. I mean, they, they weigh, some of them are way more than ours. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're bigger for sure. My dad actually shot another, uh, uh, he got back into the big bucks club of Maine, and that means the field body weight of the deer is over 200 pounds. And he shot another one of those this year. Uh, so you can imagine what the live weight of these things are. Um, and actually, my brother, the, the, the deer were running so hard up there this year. They killed three bucks in one field over the course of three days. They're all just chasing does hard. Uh, and, and that 200-pounder came out of that bunch of three, so... There's uh, there's some big critters up there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've always heard you know three will get you in the door. You know the three, <laughs> they're just big cows. I mean they're, they're yeah, their necks are bigger than their heads. Now we've been talking a lot of wild game here and applying to your nutrition. What is your favorite wild game to eat? Well, my favorite wild game actually 
is uh, that moose meat that Ryan finds up? Where where do you go to the, find those dang things? Are delicious. New, yeah. yeah, Newfoundland. That was that was part of the moose. That was part of the incredible. That was the big uh, debate we had, and uh, we brought the elk and the moose, and we tried it. And Tim's like, "Man, this this moose is it's incredible." I'm, I do like a good elk steak. Elk steak of, the of best, all the yeah. wild game steaks, I prefer an elk steak. Yeah, I agree. Any of the other ones? Because I rate a moose steak actually third or fourth. It's I actually I probably take a deer steak over a moose steak, which oh, is a, but elk to his point is the best. It's like I'm, it melts in your mouth. I'm all about the moose right now. I actually, you know, I gave I gave an elk steak to one of my clients who hates steak, and she said to me, "I wish you would have never gave me that." She's yeah. like, she's like, she's like, there, she's like, there's nothing comparable to that. You pulled her to the dark side. She's like, she, she, she doesn't even like cow steak. And it's like, but the elk, it like melts. It's like candy. It's like melts mm-hmm. in your mouth. So, so comparatively, we, we know you, you really enjoy the moose meat. You really like the elk steak. I, I'm not, I'm not getting a distinction of what you like to chase. What wild game you like to chase the most. It sounds uh, like elk season. Whatever's in season. <laughs> Perfect. That's the best answer yeah. ever. Yeah. I'll tell you, we probably like that elk, Tim, don't we? That's my favorite hunt. I, I get the most excited for that, but it, it burns you out. You, Heck you go yeah. up there and you hunt hard for a week, you're ready to, to lay on the couch and, and try not to die. I was actually tell, I was telling them earlier, Tim, how, you know, when we go out there, like, like I saw a difference in his body. Like, we eat horrible out there and like you just you i could just see tim just suck down his weight and we're we're just like eating bad (laughs) yeah you just it's just a whole other level of have you ever had to like juggle a a fight with a hunt you know where you're like you know what i just can't do that september hunt this year because a fight's gonna be early october or has that ever come up has that messed with your schedule yeah and i i hate it when that happens and i've actually got my manager trained now to make sure that the the fall season is pretty wide open there you go <laughs> yeah no we, we actually, is, it's very upsetting when i can't get out to colorado to we, chase the elk around we learned that probably about five or six years ago i remember telling tim i said tim you're just you're disengaged then. and that's okay because I'd, I'd be the same way yeah you know but you know even that november hunt or uh, that november fight he just had in uh, new york was was one of his best ones the mgm thing but that was kind of a different animal um yeah. you can just tell in february march he's ready to go but he likes the holidays and he likes to hunt and I, t- I told him i was like man just train plan everything around that like you're just you're just disengaged then you know well unfortunately i mean fortunately unfortunately that's when you grocery shop oh, yeah. the, you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can't miss days it's it that, that's kind of hard when the grocery do. store is open you better be shopping that's right that's right <laughs> But you can just tell. I mean, I can tell that time of year. Tim is one of the few times he will relax. He does uh, enjoys hunting, and and I learned that early. I was like, hey, don't worry about anything else. Other than, I don't care what you eat. You know, we have eggnog, and that's part of our diet. It's part of our nutrition program. Yeah. That he totally relaxes and recovers. Yeah, I yeah, need that mental break. Yeah. I don't know if this is something uh, you want to talk about. We didn't talk previously. You know, I follow Tim on Instagram and 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 Facebook. He has some extra uh, hobbies in there that I never know if the, it's going to be the next evolution of, of Tim Bosch and his competitive side. Like I see the, the three gun and I see the grilling and, and I can just, you know, gold finding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a pile of hobbies, uh, but definitely I've got a barbecue bug right now. And I think that's from training down in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely uh, cranking up the smoker a lot more, but but also doing a lot of game in there too. So, uh, you know, just getting some new techniques and, and doing some things there, and, and that's going to be 
a part of the lifestyle for sure. But you know, three gun, that's natural. That's, that's just shooting. That's practice for hunting season there. Um, so I, I try to incorporate as much as I can and keep thing keep things interesting too. You know, it's, it's all good. It all relates to what I'm doing. The, the, the shooting and everything, the, the tactical shooting helps keep my mind sharp and keeps me in that combative mindset. And then, it's, I can use the cooking to, to keep my fast meal prep going and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, on that shooting side, when I was perusing your Instagram, you have a uh, a three thirty eight bolt action, but it kind of looks like a scar. Uh, it, it's a very interesting gun. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, what, what yeah, is that? It uh, took Tim's hearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my elk hunting gun there. That's a three thirty eight Lapua mag. And it's the company is now Desert Tech that makes it, but it was Desert Tactical Arms when they first started, and it's a bolt up design, so it's a little bit shorter oh, uh, okay. rifle, but it's it'll reach out there and then touch them. So that's what I like to carry out there: nice heavy round, shoots straight, and hits them hard. And that bolt up design just looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah, get it. Sucker's heavy though, man. Is it really? Oh yeah. But I I can only imagine though it's carrying the weight pretty comfortably when you shoulder that a lot of that weight yeah. back back toward yeah. in, in your shoulder and it's like the reverse limb crossbows yep. you were talking about crossbows earlier if, if you get those um with the quiver out front a lot of times crossbows real front heavy the reverse limb ones a lot of that weights in the back where the receiver would be on a firearm i could see that would well, shoulder nice you want some weight when you have that much kick from a 338 Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you it handles the recoil nice. It's got a nice muzzle brake on it. It's it's real manageable to shoot. <laughs> but like Ryan said, you want a heavier plug. That thing yeah, will smoke your that mistake. Yeah, I see him shoot a mule deer and didn't have it in at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I I think I was deaf and I was inside. The, you know, I, I could I could hear I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> um, no, I mean we had some amazing times out there. That thing shoots though that that he uses. Oh yeah. 1200 yards so i mean those things are uh do any of them trip your trigger so to speak you know competitive side like like a fight or is it uh are these just really cool hobbies well i mean the the hunting gets me excited and, and you know the most excited i've been hunting lately is my son my oldest son just started getting involved and and uh he was able to harvest his first deer last year and having him do that he, he did it with a crossbow uh, having the deer come in nice and close and uh you know, just that whole experience of being close proximity to the animal then having to put a nice clean shot on it and watching it run and uh, expire you know within a matter of 30 yards from where he took the shot nice. uh, to be able to do that and i actually got it on film uh you know that's that's what life is all about for me right there wow i've been blessed that i have these experiences as a professional athlete but at the same time you know i remember my dad taking me hunting and now that i can share that with with my my kids and uh you know that's that's what's important to me that's what gets me excited uh being able to share those moments with, with family of course the fighting's fun um it's exciting i'm an adrenaline junkie and it's going to be tough to compete with the, the feeling of being locked inside a cage fighting somebody else um but but hunting for me is, is pure excitement and, and i truly love that I, i'm gonna take your word for it on the locked in the cage 
<laughs> but I'm right there with you on the on the hunting. I'll I'll tell you from like a from a health perspective. You know, you know, Tim and I we go over every aspect um, of his health, and you know, relative to his hobbies, I, I, again, what I say what makes Tim so innovative is, you know, one of the things he said he was actually it's not that he's getting sick of fighting. It's just he needs to challenge his brain in a lot of different ways. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily that okay, the shooting helps with the fighting. It does, but it also gives him a different aspect, a different tangent in the brain to to think of something else other than that, rather than the repetitive motion. I mean, intellects and and people like Tim, they have to be challenged in different ways. Tim, is it a question of slowing your mind down and focusing during that fight and and hanging on to a breath or is it uh, am you, you i reading way too train. much into that no no you're you're spot on i mean you've got to be in the moment every moment in a fight and if you find yourself drifting at all you know that's one of the things i tell people about and i've been blessed with is you know the first time you walk to the octagon they, they always talk about this big you know, your first fight jitters or what's going to happen your first time you're in front of the cameras because there are so many distractions. But that's, you know, just like life. Life is distracting. Uh, and if you focus on all the stuff that doesn't make sense, you're not going to get anything done. And I've always just been able to forget everything else and in the moment be very focused on what I need to do and make sure that in training I'm focused. Uh, you know, there's crossover from fighting into every aspect of life, you know, for example, hunting, that's an easy crossover. You've got to put in the time, you've got to do the scouting, you've got to practice shooting, you've got to, you know, put yourself in stressful situations where you're, you know, maybe taking a shot at an awkward angle. You know, you can only fall to the level of your training. You're not going to rise to the occasion, and especially if you're going to let something distract you. Um, so absolutely, you have to be focused and in the moment. You also have to make sure that you're totally prepared and have done everything to the greatest of your ability to give yourself the best chance to be successful. And when you're not focused in a tree stand or in that that situation, you can easily blow a hunt. You know, if you're not in in the moment, you know, if you're thinking about something else, so I'm going to quick check Facebook and bam, that that deer was walking in that you didn't know about, you know. And always behind you to the right. Yeah, <laughs> always behind you to the right. They know. <laughs> I actually like to incorporate a little bit of the deer view mirror. Well, no, there, <laughs> there is that. But like, well, you you asked the question: does does the hunting get him going as much as the fighting? And it, they they both do, but it's a little bit different. I'm actually working with my son to try to incorporate both. Right. So my son's 13 now. To not fight um, with you was, to go no, no. fishing. When he was 11 is when he shot his first deer, and that was also with a crossbow. Oh so what I what I actually did, you know, he he made a perfect shot on this doe, and we didn't get to see her pile up. She probably went about 50, 60 yards up over the hill. Yep. But, I mean, he put a perfect shot on. I looked at him like, dude, you smoked her. And I gave him the knuckles. We high-fived. We hugged. And then I pulled back, and I just, boom, punched him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, kidding, I, will, of course, I will tell you, Tim was so excited about uh, Christian. I remember he showed, oh, me sure. the, he showed me the video like three different times, and like he was telling me he was shaking and more excited than oh, all. I was he shaking. Gets, I yeah. had an adrenaline dump, too. It was, <laughs> yeah. it, it was actually worse sitting there with my son while yeah. he's doing that than, than I've ever experienced on my own when mm-hmm. I was hunting. So, yeah, it was absolutely hands down one of the greatest moments that I've had That's awesome. in my life. I awesome. mean, that was good stuff. Yep. <laughs> I'm only kidding about punching him in the face. Uh, well, 
You should see the Lord pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Tripped him into the gut pile. Oh, yeah. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, so what's next for Tim Bosch? Where are you guys going? We've got uh, April 14th out in uh, Glendale, Arizona. In, is it Antonio Carlos or Carlos Antonio? I can never get it straight. Uh, anyway, he won uh, season three of The Ultimate Fighter in Brazil as a heavyweight, so he's a big guy. Uh, 6'3", I seem to always be the, the shorter man in these middleweight bouts. Uh, but it's going to be a good one. It's uh, UFC on Fox, and that's when I say April 14th. So don't have to drop 60 bucks to watch it. It's going to be a great fight, great card. Um, really excited about it. Looks like an opportunity to uh, maybe get involved in some bonus money again by knocking somebody out. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I love it. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, if you guys don't know, if you're not familiar with the Tim Bosch fight, uh, you can't ever count out Tim Bosch. Uh, you never know. It's, you know, from bell to bell, uh, the, he's always in the fight. And yeah, it's it's almost incredible. I mean, to the last second when is when I'm in tune, you know. And it's to the point where, like, I'm not even surprised anymore. He's done it so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would tell, it's been so much fun, even for me. And I tell Tim all the time, I was like, "Man, this is an unbelievable thing you got going, right?" Yeah, and we we don't get to, every once in a while. I, I run into Tim, and we don't always get to chat like this. But like, I never told you, but my favorite thing that you do is those Spartan kicks to someone's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Front kick to the face. Yeah. yeah. They try to call it like a teep or some teep, yep. Muay Thai. I just think of kicking in a front door. <laughs> nice. Yeah, breaching the door. That's a wake-up call right. to him. Hey, what <laughs> what was your most memorable fight for yourself? Like, what, what stands out to you in your fighting career? From a career standpoint, it was the, the fight where we went to Japan and I got smashed around for 10 minutes by Okami and, uh, you know, really had to, go through a whole bunch of different feelings and emotions. And then, you know, that third round realized, Hey, I can, I can still just, you know, go out there and knock this guy out. So that's what I'm going to do. And I went out there and did it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was just an incredible feeling being over there. And just the size of that arena is incredible. Was that a dip, different atmosphere as a standpoint of culture? For, for oh my their fighting yeah. culture compared to our fighting culture. It was culture. like a library. Yeah. It was, they were making weird it, noises. We didn't try to figure out what that was, Tim, right? Like, you <laughs> don't know what they were doing. Well, they're very respectful people. Very like, respectful. You always get people, like, booing you when you're walking out. There, there was none of yeah, that over no. there. They were very respectful. And even they were, I mean, they were cheering for me. And Okami was their hometown guy. I mean, he literally grew up in, in that town. Um, so they, you know, they appreciated what I did there. Uh, but the other fight that I had was up in Bangor. So literally, uh, you know, the arena was a fraction of the size of the one it was in Japan. But, you know, the 8,000 people that were there were there to see me. But when I knocked out Tavares that fight, it was... I mean, that was a comeback fight, The place fight just too. went nuts. For, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just kept going. The, the applause seemed like it wouldn't stop. It was just a very surreal moment. So to be able to go to my backyard... Uh, the first UFC that was ever up there, and, and win by knockout, and just 
I mean, it's amazing. Feel that Tim, hometown. It's amazing, Tim, how you have a couple of them. I mean, just like the last one, the the MGM Grand uh, knockout. I mean, that that was incredible. But I mean, I would yeah. definitely say, I mean, for me, Japan was the your most career defying, and and I remember the one where I was like, "Pinch me, is this a dream?" Yeah, <laughs> you just knock out Okami in front of all them people in Honestly, Tokyo. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> consider that one of the you know greatest comebacks of all time. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, it definitely ranks right up there. At the time, Joe Rogan was, you know, flipping out and saying it was the greatest ever. Uh, you know, there were some people that argued there were other ones, but I can't think of any. <laughs> Unbiased. I might be a little biased. <laughs> no, that was that you got was my vote too, buddy. The upper, I appreciate the it. uppercuts, one after another, just crazy. You know, you say Tim, like I remember you telling, like, like he even says, like sometimes he doesn't even remember it, like it just like happened, like, yeah, just like. Oh yeah, when you're in the flow, a lot of times you you, know, you have to watch it and be like, dang, yeah, that, that was nice. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I think the funny part about Tim too is, you know, after something like that's over, about twenty minutes later, he's like. Hey Ryan, how you doing? You know, he's just like he's he's so, and that's what all the fans that I've ever talked to with Tim, everyone has said that to me. They're like, he's just like a regular guy, and I was like, well, it's because he is. But I mean, he is just dialed in on that day to punch people in the face for money. (laughs) That's what I love about fighters, though. They they have that ability to, okay, the guy that I'm going up against, I know him, and we've joked around before. You step onto that mat, into that octagon, whatever the arena may be. It's on. It's business. (laughs) Exactly. And then, boom, the bell rings. About 20 minutes afterwards, you snap out of that REM sleep or whatever you want to call it. And And it's it's so healthy, too. Like I think a lot of people sometimes have that characteristic about them and don't ever get to address it. And you can see, you know, Tim and I talk about that when there's an extended period of time that he doesn't dress that aspect to him. Like, it it gets to you. I mean, I'm the same way. You know, there's almost that bit of alpha, you know, that he has. That he has to address. Or, you know, it it sometimes it factors – it transfers over it comes out in different aspects i work in an office environment i want to punch people in the face on a very regular basis yeah the difference it. is instead of getting paid i would get fired for it yeah so like i said i, I mean, keep my mortgage payment coming you know I, and yeah. but I, I tell people with tim like is everybody's like oh is he like a uh walk around like tough guys like you would never know he's a fighter you would never know tim's a fighter he's like the nicest calmest guy you will ever meet in your life yeah yeah, yeah. he's soft-spoken like he'll do anything for you but like but it's that, that also, day of fighting that Tim is a fighter. They're in the zone. Yep, that's what he does. You you probably see this a lot. There are guys that that don't turn it off, you know, very well, you know, and oh yeah, they hold on to grudges, and you, you, I mean, I don't know how much is kind of trying or to soda? get trying to yeah trying to get ratings or or, or whatever. Yeah. But some people this they, some guys will just and girls, they're. Constantly at in turmoil with with another other fighters, I just don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe, the, the I don't really see that, that now, just because that's how they sell fights, and that seems to be the way things are going. Uh, but that's just because that's you know who the famous people are now. That's how they've done it. They've called people out. They've you know through boasting and running their mouths have brought attention to themselves. But you know when I started fighting, uh, I I think of course you know I'm, I'm the old guy now but I, I remember when i considered the true superstars of the sports you know the, the chuck liddell so you know there's nobody that can compare to him you know people talk about mcgregor being the biggest of all time come on 
he's he's no Liddell. So that guy was just a badass. Everybody would buy a pay per view just because they knew that he was throwing heavy leather and knocking somebody out, and that's what you were paying for. You weren't paying for some mouth to go out there and be cocky and talk smack. But uh, you know, it's it's things change and it'll swing back the other way. You know, it's fighting. That's that's the beautiful thing about fighting is it's a true sport. Uh, there's a lot of honesty involved. You've got to be able to fight and get in there and perform at the end of the day. So whether you talk your way into a fight or not, you better be able to perform once you get in there. Yeah, there's something to be said for quiet confidence. What one thing? I mean, scary. You do have a calm persona. You're you're in the moment. You're very focused. But where'd the barbarian nickname come from? Well, uh, a huge, or I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. You know, growing up watching all the movies. Right. And then obviously Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Was uh, just seemed to make sense. You know, I'm not. You know, when I first started, especially, I was not a very technical fighter. Obviously, with time, I've, I've picked up a few things along the way. But uh, the strength that we talked about earlier is a huge factor in my fight game. And uh, it just had a real nice sound to it. I my, like it. So, brother, it, it you know, Drew said it. I was like, that's it. <laughs> so it wasn't swords and body paint? <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> Is a smash him in the face thing. I, I will tell you that yeah. definitely that definitely shows you Tim's confidence. You know, Tim actually used to follow my bodybuilding career, and that's how we kept in touch after we got to college. We'd email each other, and he's like, "I'll never forget." He was he was gonna do the show, and we we're kind of exchanging advice. I'll never forget him email me. He was like, "Ryan, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm gonna try this fighting thing." I was like, "Oh, you're probably pretty good at that." And like, that's just how confident he is. And when I, when people ask me how do you explain Tim, I say, "You ever hear that person that goes, oh, 'I'm gonna do this and that,' and you're like, okay." That's Tim, but he doesn't. Like, that, that's that's him to a T. So he he emails me back like two years later. Hey man, I'm doing pretty good. He has like these belts around his neck. He's like, come to my one of my fights. I was like, all right. So he's gonna like fight this Russian guy, and I was like, oh man, this guy looks pretty tough. And Tim like annihilates him in 40 seconds. And he comes up. He's like, hey, pretty good to see you. And he's like, I'm gonna try to get the UFC, and he did. You know, and and like I, I remember like I remember that fight is when I thought that Tim is gonna be in the UFC, and he was. But like. Even though he, like he said in the beginning, he may not have the skill. His confidence is is something I've never seen before. Like there is no doubt in his mind, no matter what he was doing, that he was going to go to the UFC. And I am guaranteed there was nobody that took the path that he did and got there that way. Yeah, you know, he yeah. kind of he kind of picked up the skill later. <laughs> you know, he just went yeah. and just fought people basically. <laughs> I, I think uh, you know, and it's cool. Like uh, you know, wrestlers kind of. Oh, for sure. Kind of trend that way, and and, and mm-hmm. they'll figure it out later. But they they know they've been through some battles, and and I can handle this. And yeah, I yep. can hold my beer. I got yeah. this. And, and to, like <laughs> most, most people don't know, Tim is a four-time state champ. Like he's so he came from high-level wrestling. Even though yeah. he didn't do it, like that never leaves you. That discipline, that mentality. Oh, sure. I, I did want to ask him that if he did wrestle in high school. Oh, and, and, and are you a main Hall of Fame, Tim? Aren't you? Yeah. Yep. Now that's the New England. That's a New England state championship, correct, Tim? Up up north. Well, there? I had the main state individual. Then I was a high school All American, and then I wrestled Division One at Lockhaven University. That's how Ryan and I got hooked up. Okay, all right. Because now it, New England has a combined championship now. Uh, so back- yeah, they've had the, the New England championships for a while. Yeah, so you were a main state championship before they went to that new new style, and then Lockhaven Golly, 
You're a Lock Haven yeah. alum. The, the, what a tradition there, especially oh, yeah. now modern day. They're they're right yeah. in the action right now. Yeah, there's some, there's been a lot of real high level wrestlers come out of Lock Haven. A lot of fighters. Oh, too. they say there's a, a bunch of UFC number of fighters. Yeah. Oh, wow, it's scrappy territory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a few have come out of. Pennsylvania State wrestling colleges. Some, yeah. Yeah, a couple of them for yeah. the UFC. Yeah. Phil Davis. Yeah, lots, <laughs> I'd say. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, – Tim, we're we're bumping up on time, and I just – we can keep talking and going on and on. And um, Can we get a uh, – Tim Bosch, the dis, uh, you know, uh, is it the Destroyer? And there's Conan the Barbarian, and then Part Two was Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> do you Conan think we could destroyer. get? Do you think we could get uh, Tim Bosch, the Destroyer episode? On? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. awesome. Can, can we get? Up, can we get one final question though, Will? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Stevie. Okay, I always like to ask, what What's your dream hunt? When we have people on, I, I just want to know that. Thank you. Sorry, did I steal that? No, from you, no, okay. no. I totally forgot about the 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 bucket list hunt, the yeah. catfish. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The dream hunt. Well, I've, I've got a few more I want to want to check off, but the the one that I really want is is to get one of these huge Yukon moose with like the seventy inches of rack or whatever, maybe even more. Just one of those monsters from up there. Yeah, man. And then maybe uh, maybe stumble onto a grizzly. As well, <laughs> those would be great. Insane. Now, for a guy like you, what are you going to do? Jump out of a tree with like a plastic <laughs> bag for that grizzly? Yeah, Tim? Uh, 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 yeah, a bag full of rocks. <laughs> He's going to get just parachuted in to Kodiak Island, and uh, they'll come pick him up once he clears the bears off the island. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the things Tim and I have been hunting a bear. Like we actually got into bear hunting and we really enjoy it. We didn't get one yet, but we we will. Absolutely. But you guys aren't doing it like normal like you guys are tracking. Oh yeah, we can go in there. How about it, Tim? Loincloths. No, putting yeah, uh, full aboriginal gear. <laughs> curved nice. bows. Yeah. But I mean but but yeah, I mean you guys are putting pound and pavement basically. Yeah. I mean you're you're not there's definitely a sense of athleticism to hunting um, that most people understand. I know when Tim and I go to Colorado, like I was saying earlier, not all people can cut it out there. So there is a oh, no. level you can push. It'll break that, you. Yeah, either you can do it or you can't. I mean, and we talk about it too. It's like all five senses. You're not. Oh yeah. You're, you're trying to rely. I think on, that's what like depletes you so much. It's like your eyes, your brain, like uh, obviously you're the tired physical back. component. Yeah. Like every like <laughs> like like Tim and I have gotten to a point where like you're just putting one foot in front of the other and you do not want to do it. You yeah. know, it's just like <laughs> you just gotta get up there. <laughs> just, yeah. Get up there. Get them. Bring them back. Bring them down. That, well, and what you guys are doing is at a whole other level. But there's something to be said just for sitting in a tree stand. Oh yeah. For a sun up, I, a sundown. I can't sit. do that. Like that's I what mean, I can't do. <laughs> I do it all the time. And Tim can. My my wife will give me a bunch of crap at the end of the day. She's like, "How can you be tired? You're just sitting all day." And it's like, but yeah. I had all of my senses on high for alert, sure. nonstop. Yep. Like I might have been sitting down, but I was never yeah. at ease. For yeah, an entire moment. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand, like, nutrient usage and, like, disbursement. Like, like that is one thing I think I notice in hunting season at the end. Like, my eyes are so much more efficient because I'm using them. But in the summer, like, I can tell I don't use it to that degree. Well, mm -hmm. our, 
our eyes and our ears get real lazy, and, yeah. then, and then out in the woods we tune them back in and, and to sure. where they should be like the predators we are. Heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Ryan, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you, and guys. Tim, we found out what's coming up next for you, but just so people know how to get a hold of you and, and follow what's going on in your life. Honestly, my personal favorite is your Instagram, but where can people follow you and get an idea of what's going on with you? I would say get over to Instagram and uh, check me out there. Tim Boach. I'm sorry, I forget how to do the slash, this, that. Go to Instagram, <laughs> plug my name in. You'll find me. Yeah, Come yeah. over there. I don't have a lot of followers on there. Uh, I don't really do the Twitter thing a whole lot. I, I think that's fallen off a bit. Uh, but, yeah, check me out on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, give me a follow. Perfect. Guys, where can they find us? Well, check us out at rutandriverpursuits.com. We're at Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox. How about that? Rut and River Pursuits on Instagram and, and Facebook. Facebook. R2 Pursuits at Twitter. Check us out individually, R2 Buck. And also Rut and River Pursuits podcast on YouTube. Don't forget that YouTube channel, guys. Guys, this has been awesome. Great I'm, show. Thank you so much, Tim and Ryan. Tim, for you so much. Ryan, for yeah, coming in studio. Tim. Yeah, absolutely. We'll Anytime. Again. Uh, Lay a couple more down this fall, and we'll get you guys back on. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. Are you talking about Done. fights, or are you talking about animals? All of them. He yeah, said whatever's all of that. Tim, all down. Tim, Tim fights animals in the woods and in the octagon. There and, we go. And we're looking forward to down. the Destroyer episode. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. See you, Timothy. Uh, good night, man. Peace. Love you all. What if but he's trained his body at that set weight for years? Okay, so yeah. that's the catch, right? So yeah. what if I've been on a cruise all of my life? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to struggle to drop through the My cruise weight is 245. <laughs> I feel like fighting when you do. Yeah. <laughs> It says like sometimes he doesn't even remember it. Like it just like happened. Like, yeah. Just like. Oh yeah. When you're in the flow, a lot of times you you, know, you have to watch it. And you're like, dang, yeah, that, that was nice. Glad I did that. <laughs> <laughs>